All right, let's look at men and dare now. Men and dare. When two balanced things are contrasted, men and dare are usually used, each post-positively, that is to say it's never the first word, in its own clause. So look at example 21. I am an apostle, but you are the Lord. So when I'm kind of balancing ideas like that, uh, I will tend to, oh, you'd say, uh, Uh, Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. See, something like that. You have this balanced idea. Uh, now, look at the next part. Those of you who had some Greek before may be familiar with this. If the contrasted clauses have some length, on the one hand and on the other hand, often provides a good translation in English. If the clauses have some length. Greek will use men and deaf for very close contrast. Like saying, men, I'm here, de, you're there. Well, you don't want to say, on the one hand, I'm here. On the other hand, you're there. That's just silly. So if the clauses are real short, you might just want to say, I'm here, but you're there. But you would know, Wendell, that the men and the de are there to balance the two clauses. Now, I'd like you to flip back, please to page 92. <clears throat> sentence D. When I was writing sentence D, I had to restrain myself not to use men and de after the first sentence. Let's look at sentence D once again. On the last day, the dead will come out of the tombs. Now, a normal Greek would now write the next sentence like this. Hoi men pistoi. See? On the one hand, the faithful will be with the Lord. Hoi de. On the other hand, the unfaithful. See, that's a perfect example of men and de. When you're balancing two things. I mean, this is not you take the bus to work or carry your lunch. You know, it's not two things that are unbalanced like that. You've got to have them, uh, you know, it took a while, didn't it? Uh, and, uh, you, you, you've got to have, well, this is a perfect example. This sentence D here from the previous chapter that we just did cries out for the men de balance. Yeah, you're just you're just kind of comparing a couple of things, and you know, there's this and there's this, or no, no, they're both there, and there's this, and then there's this, right? I'm wondering about the use of ego and I'm Yeah. If um, if the men was not there, were not there. Yes, thank you. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, no, actually, I could have done it now. I could have said, ego men apostolos. I've just kind of given you a little practice with the verb to be. But if you take your fingers or something, and you, you uh, blot out I, me, and I, that would be the way Greek would logically say it. It, it wouldn't use I, me, and, and uh, I. So the men and the dead doesn't prejudice that. 
Ego apostolos. Ego men apostolos. Sude ho curios. The verb to be is not key here at all. But I'm making the contrast. Because I'm making the contrast. I am this, you're that. And I always use the pronouns in the nominative when I am contrasting the subjects. Not this. I'm talking to you. That's not su, but, or, or I mean ego, but I'm talking to you. Not you. Now, then, then I go ego, su. It, it is absent a great deal. Yeah, it is absent a great deal. Um, you will use it when... See, it'll, it'll often be omitted when it's really clear that you have a predicate situation, like makarios hoptokos, or makarioi hoptokoi. Blessed are the poor. You know, and, and this thing, blessed out here, is in predicate position. Or here, ego apostolos. You know, it's not like, I apostle. You know, I, they're going to be taking it like that. They'll use it when, um, uh, oh, something like, um, the apostles are in the village. See, now I'm not making like I am an apostle, but I got that adverbial thing. Yeah, then they'll put it in for something like that. Right. 